The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. It's in this league with Scott Bogman and Chris Welsh. I'm on right now. I don't believe you. You boys in line. Oh, hello, radio. Good to be back. Hour two of in this league live right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Really, it's a cathartic experience we get to have here. You know, thoughts? Cathartic. Cathartic. Um, yeah. Okay. I'd like to follow me here. We do a lot. Um, this is not our stuff. only venture. We do a lot of stuff and things. We'll, we do, you know, uh, multi-week episodes of a football podcast, baseball, basketball. We do multi-episodes of the Fantasy Black Book. You know what I mean? So there is a lot of um, talking forum we have, but they're kind of they're kind of regimented. You know, like we get to have fun and we'll go on our tangents and stuff. But when you sit here for three hours with mm-hmm. a little bit less force into what we want to go with, sometimes we... You know, we we get to we get to do some stuff and some things. Whatever the hell we want, right, Welsh? Yeah, whatever the hell. Besides we cussing, want. can't do that though. Can't we have to hold that. ourselves. I, you know what? I had a dream the other day <laughs> that I cussed on the radio show, and I got the hundred dollars. And you were like, "Hadra," and I was trying to talk my way out of why it didn't count that I lost a hundred dollars. <laughs> you know, that- time to. Are you sure this is a dream and not just last week? <laughs> time to time, people ask, like, what's the $100 comment about? Bogman and I just have a bet that that the person that cusses one time on the radio has to pay the other $100. And that's why and, you'll hear us catch ourselves. When we started this, it would 1,000% have been me. Yeah. But I started editing the shows. So I started not cussing as much. And the Welsh, because he doesn't care and he hates me, started cussing way more in every show. All the facts. So I, I said, you're going to be the one to cuss on the radio first, not me. And uh, to be honest, I, I think we could almost kill this bet now because it's been well over a year at this Pretty point. Much. Oh, it's been, so. yeah, almost two years. I mean, we started this when we were live on Wednesday nights on FNTSY. Mm-hmm. Take your right. calls. Remember right? that? I had, yeah, I do. Uh, I had terrible connection for no reason at all. Yep, your uh, audio was garbage. We like mm-hmm. one out of four callers was good, and then we'd always have a couple where we're like, "Oh boy, oh boy," <laughs> it's kind of a question oh, mark. Boy. Yep, uh, Bavona having to take do some call screening, take care of some producing, taking care of some questionable calls, <laughs> some uh, some you know prankers or whatnot. Those are the good times. Right. But yeah, it is kind of a it's kind of a dead bit, but that's where it comes from, though. That is where the, but I had this dream and it was so vivid of like, it happened. And then I was like, oh, damn it. You know, blah, yeah, blah, blah, it blah. could have just been two weeks ago. So, 
Because I know, like, I got, um, you got to a point where you probably owed me 50 bucks at one time. And I got to a point where I probably owed you 50 bucks at one time. But we never completed the word. Yeah, exactly. We held ourselves I got to pho one time. I remember that. (laughs) Fudge. (laughs) Yeah, you don't know what I was going to say. It could have been fudge. Holy forking shirt. Yeah, it could have been forget. We just need to put on our happy place um, uh, dialogue. That's what you do. You know, <laughs> holy forking shirt, holy forking shirt balls. That's what we right. do. Holy forking shirt balls. That's how we do it. But uh, welcome back. It is in this league. There's a there's so much to talk about. Still, I mean, we haven't even touched on uh, the major league debuts of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and all of its glory. Carter Keyboom, uh, not to be outstaged by the number one prospect in baseball. Uh, that's definitely going to be in the third hour. So we're going to be hitting on that, but. We are continuously um, or continuing our talk on the NFL draft, and we, we're still just finishing up the first round because we were talking about in-game and talking about LaShawn McCoy being the worst, the worst. <laughs> Did you see Rich Eisen on uh, Friday night during the draft? He's like, uh, he said something about Endgame, and he's like, uh, "Avoid Lashawn McCoy, all you Avengers fans." <laughs> something along that. that well, funny. it'll be funny Pretty too funny. because the uh, in, I think it was in the third round the Bills took a running back, and everyone is just cheering for Lashawn McCoy to now get cut, and that's why they did it. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, they drafted him because they're going to cut Lashawn McCoy. I mean, it would be just <laughs> glorious. Glorious vengeance. If but. they do, we need a picture of uh, LaShawn Thanos. McCoy being faded away. Oh, so. 100%. I mean, that should be out there right now, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just a picture of, a, of the internet uh, you know, snapping its fingers. Hey, Mr. All. Wilson, I don't feel good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Gore, I don't feel good. <laughs> Frank kind of looks like uh, Thanos, by the way. Think about it. Uh, Yeah. Go look at a picture of Frank Gore. Right um, now. I, no, I've seen Frank Gore. Frank Gore. I think you're just talking about size of forehead. Yeah, like, but I'm saying, I, like, even facial structure. I think it's kind of similarly, similarly, similarly. Are, are you? I mean, do you remember what uh, Chris Pratt said about his uh, his chin? That's not repeatable uh, here on the radio, but. Mm. Uh, I, I, is that what you're saying about Frank? Oh yeah, yeah. No, no, it doesn't actually quite look. He like looks that. like grimace. No, no, you're right about that. It doesn't actually look like that, but you know, <laughs> everything else is pretty good. Uh, but we are finishing up with the first round. We, we kind of went through a whole bunch of the stuff. I've okay. I got one for you here. Then I want to just quickly talk about the few of the, the very few offensive skill position players that were taken in the first, but talk to me about the Steelers actually making that move. Cause uh, almost, I mean, the Daniel Jones stuff was shocking it was a sad shock when Nikhil Harry uh, was the final pick in the first round to the Patriots for me. But I literally almost had an audible gasp when I saw that the Steelers had traded up at 10. <laughs> and all I could think was, oh, my God, what what are Bogman's neighbors think right now? Because she uh, must have been screaming. It's uh, longer in the making than uh, endgame. Serious trading up in the first round. So the last time they did it was to get Santonio San Holmes. And the only other time they did it before that was to get Troy Polamalu. So, so you okay? So you're saying like the track record of when they trade up is money? Well, not only that, it's just also something they don't do. You see teams move around in the draft, just constantly. They move up, they move down, they move backwards. I mean, a lot of teams want to trade back, um, and you see that stuff happen all the time. And the Steelers usually stand pat at whatever they're doing. It cost them a couple years ago, though. 
when they stood pat and they wanted William Jackson from Houston. And the Bengals, uh, one pick ahead of them, took him, and we wound up with Artie Burns. And it's not just that Artie Burns didn't work out. It's that they didn't move at all to get their guy. So um, they really wanted a middle linebacker. I've been saying it for a long time now that they have to have somebody to replace Ryan Shazier. They tried to do it with a bunch of scrubs last year. They tried to they tried to do it with Morgan Burnett last year. Like on third downs, they were using him as the uh, spy linebacker type of a thing because their linebackers just couldn't cover. Vince Williams not that good. So I was super elated to get Devin Bush. The only question, like I do have to question his decision making because of the outfit. Other than that, it was pretty was bad there. It was so. it was pretty bad. Well, I saw one that was like old people are going to ask uh, why is his arm in a sling. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what that was, but uh, my our, our buddy Couch said that we should have a bet, and I don't know what it is, but the loser has to wear that outfit during round one next year. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I mean. I mean, we, the tailoring that would have to be done in a suit like that for you or I. <laughs> well, we'd have to make it out of newspaper or like, you know, uh, a bed sheet or something. So it'd have to just be like a towel that you can wrap around that looks like that. Like, I like the idea not of that the much bigger than, you know, someone who's all rocked out like Devin Bush. So uh, maybe. But, you know, you know how the shirt game goes. Oh, uh, yeah, as soon as you get to double XL, then it's mm-hmm. you're paying extra money. You're paying extra Benjamins. As soon as you get to a C cup, it's no good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was very, very happy that the Steelers traded out. It didn't cost them, uh, you know, a crazy amount either. It was their second round pick this year, along with the first to move back to move up ten spots, and then a third round pick next year that they'll get uh, a compensation pick for. So I loved it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's the biggest need. Uh, you can just tell, like, the Steelers' defense was playing really well in 2017, and Ryan Chase here got hurt against the Bengals, and then they lost 45-42 to 42 to the Jaguars in the playoffs. That's the kind of – he was calling plays, he was doing all that stuff, and Devin Bush did that at Michigan for the Wolverines. So very, very excited to add him. I'm, I'm, I love it. I love this pick. Um, just a couple of the offensive stuff real quick. I'm going to just quiz you on these. Uh, let's go with the wide receivers for a minute here. Marquise Brown, as we mentioned, he went uh, 25 overall to the Ravens. And then Nikhil Harry goes 32 overall. And those are your top two wide receivers. Without giving out too much, because we're going to talk about the second round, are these two the top two wideouts as far as rookies go for fantasy in this coming year? Um, I think Harry is definitely one. Is so, he the top? Uh, is he the number one wideout rookie? Of course. Yeah, I okay. think so. I, I don't think it's, to be honest, extremely close. I think, you know, you have uh, Nikhil Harry coming in to catch passes from Tom Brady, one of the best And ever. Chris Hogan's gone. I mean, Chris Hogan's and, gone. So And Gronk's gone. So. And Gronk's gone. And Josh Gordon, <laughs> you know. Yeah, is gone. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so who so, do they have left? Edelman? Yeah, it's it's Edelman, you know. And, and they, they um, have... Who's the other guy? Philip Dorsett? Yeah, they have Dorsett still. And, uh, I mean, they always seem to make it work. You know, they throw to James White a million times. Uh, They signed Demarius Thomas, but he's coming off the Achilles. Oh, Demarius, that's what I'm forgetting. Demarius Thomas was the 
was the but he might he's gonna at least start the year on the pup so uh Nikhil harry will get a big big leg up here and he is definitely the number one marquise brown uh like that could really work out i personally love the pick because it's an ou player going to baltimore yeah so you don't so. have to like fight you know a player you love like lamar <laughs> jackson going to a team you hate it's just right. two of the most hateful things for you Right, and he's Antonio Brown's cousin, so... Uh, oh, is he really? Yeah, it fits really well for him to be going to uh, the Ravens. I just kind of thought, like, I had I had Hakeem Butler uh, going there. And uh, Butler is uh, falling down boards rapidly here, but um, I, I, I just I thought they would get a bigger target for Lamar Jackson. I had Hakeem Butler in the first? Yeah, yeah. A lot of people did. I mean, you know, this is a, as you guys are hearing this, you know, the, the day four is, or I'm sorry, the fourth round and whatnot is going on, but we're reporting to you through the three rounds and he didn't go. I mean, every other receiver in college football went and not Hakeem Butler. <laughs> well, Kelvin Harmon hasn't gone. There's some good guys still on the board, but um, I just, I thought they would get a big target. If not him, maybe Arcega Whiteside, you know, um, just not a smaller bodied guy. DK Metcalf was still on the board, of course. And they went with Marquise Brown and he can really work. I mean, he is so unbelievably blazing fast. I really like Marquise Brown. I just don't know that you know he's so small. He's one of the lightest guys ever selected in the first round. That he's 166 pounds. Um how is he gonna hold up blocking for that team? Are they gonna even have him out there? Well during you know, blocking plays as kind of a decoy because they're going to run the ball a lot with Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram and Gus Edwards. They're all going to get a ton of carries every single game. So I kind of thought, why not bring in someone that is a good blocker like Butler or Arcega Whiteside, one of those guys, and they didn't. They went with speed. So it's hard to it's hard to knock speed, but as far as fantasy purposes go, I – Wide receiver, four or five borderline. Okay. Let, yeah, I want to burn through these. We only got a couple minutes and I'll move to the second round for the next segment. Nikhil Harry, a wide receiver, three this year in fantasy. Yes. yes or no? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, the tight ends, Noah Fant and TJ Hawkinson. Hawkinson goes to Detroit and uh, Noah Fant goes to Denver. Are either one tight end, um, are they top 12 tight ends, either one of them? Mm, probably not. Just because the... Uh, the conversion uh, from college to the NFL, that's a position that usually takes a little bit longer. So I would say no. I would say they're probably both just on the outside looking in. Even without blocks here. in front of them. Y- yeah. I mean, look, Hawkinson had, but Hawkinson does have a little bit of blocking stuff in front of him because on passing downs, they signed Jesse James. They're probably going to use him split out on passing downs more than they'll use Hawk, especially year one. I mean, I think that's one of those things where they'll kind of realize midway through the year that, holy crap, this guy's so good, we can't keep him off the field. You know, one of those things. But I think early you're going to see Jesse James and Noah Fant I do like, but they've got a ton of weapons in uh, Denver already. So okay. uh, I think I think both those guys are going to be uh, upper echelon tight ends, uh, probably by this time next year, but year one, it's difficult. All right. Running back. Uh, the only one, Josh Jacobs, 
Is Josh Jacobs going to be an at least an RB2 in fantasy this year? Um, depth chart above Isaiah Crowell. We'll see how that actually happens, but we only got about a minute. So what do you think about Jacobs? I think Jacobs could be an RB2 this year for sure. And I wasn't convinced, but uh, David Carr, who talked to his brother Derek Carr, said that John Gruden wants a bell cow guy. And if that's how they're describing Josh Jacobs, I like it. Because I was thinking maybe 15 touches, but if it's going to be closer to – you know, between 15 and 20, I really like that for Josh Jacobs. I got a hard time believing it when Crow's in there. Crow ruins stuff. He ruins stuff, yeah. I just don't believe that Josh Jacobs is going to open the year as a uh, 24 carry guy, like maybe by week nine. Well, he only had 20 touches uh, twice in college because he's rotational because he was at Alabama. So uh, they may give it to him, but can he hold up doing that too is, is a question. So when we come back, what we're going to deal with is we're going to deal with, I mean, there's a couple things. There was a trade that went down, a quarterback moved teams. Um, there is a, you know, a wide receiver two, I think you would call him, who might be done in the NFL. And it's not the wide receiver one that we talked about earlier and Tyreek Hill. And also talk about uh, the positional players that went on Friday in day two. Because not a lot of them went in uh, round two, but in round three, we had a whole bunch of running backs. So that's what we're going to get into. We will tackle uh, the values comparatively. We'll see if somebody is maybe in a better spot than Josh Jacobs and what other wide receivers receivers are going to potentially uh, tackle um, Nikhil Harry in his value there. So don't go anywhere. It's more NFL draft talk. And uh, I'm kind of excited also to talk about how the Cardinals got bent over the desk, got abused a little bit in the trade conversations about said quarterback. So that gets me all hot and bothered. Love being anti-Cardinal. It's an anti-Cardinal podcast. That's what, uh, that's what I like to do here. But don't get anywhere. Bogman Welsh coming back in this league. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. In this league is cooking. Damn right. Smell it? Yeah, yeah. Smells like Carl's Jr., Bogman. No. When's the last time you had Carl's Jr.? It's been a while, the Welsh. <laughs> it's been a long time. Been a while. The, the D-backs are hunting while. for first place. I know. In the West. Are they in first place? They're hunting for it. They're a half game behind the Dodgers as we are recording right now. Carl's Jr. stock plummeting. <laughs> what are they going to do? They're plummeting. Uh, welcome back. This is In This League at Bogman Sports at Is It The Welsh and over on Patreon at patreon.com slash ITL Army. What we're going to be doing in the next couple segments, cool thing, is another document that Bogman has of an evaluation. Uh, you, you, are you going to have some evaluation stuff on rounds two and three? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I'll, okay. I'll have it up. Okay, so. yeah, the special. Well, I have a, a, a separate sheet that I'm looking at here, but you're going to have another little thing. Uh, very cool stuff. Lots of extra features, and uh, you have been streaming your ass off the last couple days. That's right. I, it's my favorite things, sitting in the NFL draft, my, two of my favorites. Now, I didn't ask, was there a Friday pizza party? 
No, uh, Friday was for Mexican food. So ah. I'm surprised you didn't know that. Okay, so uh, Thursday's the pizza party. Fridays, it's uh, Friday Mexican food, and Saturdays are for the boys. That's how uh, yeah. Is, right? Saturdays are for ramen, and I'm going <laughs> oh, to be uh, progressively I'm cheaper. Actually, I'm going to be seeing um, the Avengers on the late late showing Saturday evening. So uh, I will be all caught up. Thank God. You get you get some people. You uh, rope some people in to go see it with you. Uh, I didn't even. I got roped, so I didn't nice. even rope into anybody. My buddy Chad. Uh, who I thought had ruined Game of Thrones for me on the Black Book the other day when he was just saying, "Hey, just so you know, if you want to come over, uh, you know, my wife made dinner and stuff, and I was obviously working." But um, he I, he, uh, he texts you and you see Endgame and you're like, "This son of a bitch is trying to ruin Avengers <laughs> for me." All he's trying to do is be a nice guy every time. <laughs> yeah, he. Uh, I mean, he bought the ticket, so we're going uh, the 11 p.m. showing, so we won't get out till two in the morning. I like that. So that's one of my that that'll be fewer people to ruin stuff for me. Sure. I love it. So I like that. All right. Well, good. I'm uh, I'm uh, looking forward to that for you. And then we can talk about there's only there's one scene I am dying to talk to Bogman about. And <laughs> I Sunday morning we yep. can talk about it. Sunday and, morning. and here and here's the funny part about it. At my work, I was talking to a guy who across town saw it at the exact same time as me. And we were kind of going over a few things and he was like, you know, he just randomly brings up this scene and I started laughing and I was like, this is great. I'm like, because all I want in the world is Bogman. I've given Bogman no hint, except there's a scene that I, I want him to see. That's all I've said. But what I've promised you say is I will the, immediately know it. the That's minute you, you see it happening, you are going to know exactly what I'm talking about. And the minute you call me on Sunday it's the first thing I'll hear from you or I'll see a text in the morning about the scene and I'll know it and it'll be fantastic and I'm going to love it. It's going to be great. Now, NFL draft. Now, we can get right into the picks, but what I want to talk about first, though, is the trade that went down because the Arizona Cardinals put themselves in a spot. And I saw a lot of people kind of echoing some of my comments of like how embarrassing it is that the Cardinals got to the NFL draft, were taking Kyler Murray and didn't have a trade in place that. I think it's embarrassing, and other people agreed. Some people, I think you like you're like, ah, whatever. It's part of the process. But no, no, I, this I called this. You know, no, you called you this exact. Si- no, you called this situation, okay. but okay. it got worse than what you called. I think because what happens is they take Kyler Murray. Now the jig is up. They know everybody in the the world knows the situation, and the Cardinals got to play it like Mister Cool. You know, they got to play it like the dude. They got to sit back and like, yeah, whatever, man. You know, they got to act like that when in fact. They've got to get this SOB off their team immediately. So rumors going into Friday, going into the draft early morning, was that the uh, Miami Dolphins and the Arizona Cardinals had come to an agreement on a Josh Rosen trade around the 48th overall pick. Looked like a some form of an even swap, and negotiations were quote-unquote going on as the draft was happening. So as I'm going and I'm watching through the draft, I was kind of thinking, man, if Drew Luck makes it there, I don't know. Or Drew Locke, I said Luck. Drew Locke. Yeah, I think Andrew Luck. Drew Luck is, uh, <laughs> that's the State Farm version of Andrew Luck. It's a, totally. It's is like Drew Chris Luck. Paul. Yeah, Chris Paul's like, you know, uh, what was it? Chris Paul and was it Craig Paul? Yeah, something. Something like that. But um, if Drew Locke was there, I was like, oh boy, I wonder if this Cliff is going to make Paul. this interesting. Doesn't happen. Drew Locke goes, whatever, 43-44 to the Denver Broncos, kind of as everybody expected. So, the pick's coming up, and I'm like, all right, when are they going to announce this thing? When are they going to announce this trade? Then all of a sudden, uh, the number 48 overall pick has been traded, and I'm like, here we go. 
to the New Orleans Saints. And I went, what? The Dolphins <laughs> traded that pick to the Saints. And you know why they did it? Why? It was to get the pick next year and to have the pick that they trade to the Cardinals be a lower in value. Well, I, I know that's the whole, but that's, that's, a, that's where I'm, I'm leading to Boggs is the, they, they had this agreement in place reported by everybody or, you know, at least discussed of this 48th overall pick. Everybody knew the position the Cardinals were in and the Dolphins played it magnificently because they then traded off the pick because they obviously didn't like whatever conversation was going on because they ended up getting um, an extra, they got a five with um, Rosen, which is embarrassing for the Cardinals. So they obviously wanted more in that trade original for the 48. So the um, the Dolphins, they uh, they double down, they play their hand, they trade away that pick, get a, almost one of the last picks in the second round, and the Cardinals are probably pissed, probably tell them to go F themselves, and then sure enough, pick comes around, Dolphins make it happen with a pick that's almost 20 spots lower. They added a pick the, the next year, and they got a five. So it was pick like 63 or something that the uh, Cardinals got for Rosen, and the Cardinals gave up a five. Uh, it's, the Cardinals got bent over the woodshed on this, and that's what happens when you go into a draft with your skirt up. Everybody you, knew you what was under there. You get taken to the woodshed. You get bent over a barrel, just for clarification. What did I say? <clears throat> bent over the woodshed. You would have to be pretty tall to be bent over the shed. Yeah, it's like so. Ant Man. It's it's a giant man. <laughs> giant man's bent over the woodshed. <laughs> um, this was this wasn't a good trade for no. the Cardinals, it's but I think I, I don't it. know. I don't know that it's embar- as embarrassing as you say it is. I think that it, who do you think it, this is the most embarrassing for? Cardinals is it? <laughs> they also traded away one the previous year. If you look it, at the it, totality. It's, it's the most embarrassing for Steve Kine. By the way, have you seen his first round picks? They are awful. He's horrible. He's not good at How picking does he have a job? in the first round. How does he I have, have a job? no idea. So this is, to be honest, this hiring Cliff Kingsbury and drafting Kyler Murray, number one overall, is your Hail Mary if you're Steve Kine. Because if this works out and it looks good this year, if they go at least eight and eight, maybe he gets to keep his job. But if they win four to five games this year, I would say anywhere between four to seven. They don't finish five hundred. He is gone. And so like I would boot everyone under him too. I would be done with under that Kime? whole thing. Yes, I would yeah, absolutely I would get rid of Kingsbury, I'd get rid of Kime, I'd get rid of everybody and start all the way over. And, yeah. um, and I commend the Dolphins. I commend the Dolphins for what they did here because they played it so amazing and just screwing over the Arizona Cardinals by getting more value. And just it's how you play it for a team that has played their hand. And the Cardinals essentially for a second round pick and who they drafted. So let's call it Andy Isabella. Mm. They traded away a one, like a three and then a five. I don't remember what the Rosen trade was last year, but I know they gave up their own personal like one, and then they also gave up like a, a three or something like that. I mean, they it was they took it to the woodshed, the barn, the barrel, <laughs> the barn, the barrel. Uh, it's not a good trade for the Cardinals. I don't think there were people coming in here saying that they were going to get a third round pick, and this pick was close to third round, but it was still a second round pick, and I think that's kind of what they had to settle for. They got a fifth as well. Um, no. 
They traded right. away a fifth. No, they didn't. They got the fifth back. It was reported incorrectly. Oh, I so, saw it wrong. Okay, so they yeah. got a five. No, win. well, you saw it the way they had it up there, but it was reported incorrectly, and they corrected themselves when they came back from the break. So it was the uh, the second, a fifth this year uh, for Rosen. So um, it's it's not a good trade, but I think if this is something you're doing, I got to be honest with you, I would not have traded Rosen. If I was the Cardinals, I would have waited until next year um, to do this deal. I think it's worse. I don't think it is because you're going to have quarterbacks retire. How many old ass quarterbacks are there? How many? How much better is the draft class next year? It's better as we sit here right now. But we thought that this was a crap class and we still had three guys go in in the first round and Drew Locke was right after the first round in the early second round. So that's still four quarterbacks going fairly high. So I think I, that I next think the year best the, they could do. I, I don't I don't think it is. I think next year um, and also you don't have any protection for Kyler Murray now. If Kyler Murray's no good, well tough, you know. Your team sucks and everyone's fired. Let me. What do you think they get next year? Let's say Rosen plays a couple games. He's okay. What do you think it is they get next year? They could year? go all the way up to a first next yeah, year. I don't think so. Look at Jimmy Garoppolo. Look at Jimmy Garoppolo, who was there behind Tom Brady in that system. What did the Niners give up again? A two? A three? It was a two. A I think two. it was a two and a four or something like that. There's no way. There's no way they get a one for Rosen. I think it goes down to a four or five, to be honest with you. I think a late one, like, uh, you know, like a Patriots one, you know what I mean? Like somewhere in the 30s, or uh, if Philip Rivers retires, now the the um, Chargers are looking for someone. If Roethlisberger retires, Mason Rudolph's a loser. Um, you know, there's uh, Drew Brees could retire. They're planning on Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, and, and there's nothing to say that this class of quarterbacks is going to be as good as we think it is. In fact, a lot of people are already down on Jake Fromm. So it's Tua, it's Herbert, and after that, it's there's a couple question marks. You know, people like Jacob Eason, but he's been sitting for a year and he's going to play at Washington. But um, you know, the the big guy is Trevor Lawrence, who's not eligible until 2021. So um, I don't know. I I I think that they should have waited to trade to trade Rosen, and what I would have settled on is something in the first half of the second round. I wouldn't have gone into the 60s. Well, and they, and they played themselves. They played themselves a fool, and that's the whole situation. <laughs> Steve Smith had some pointed comments uh, about um, Josh Rosen. You want me to play this two-minute clip? Yeah, yeah, play that clip. All right. Every team is drafted. We got six rounds to six rounds in the next couple of days. Guys are getting replaced. You are replaceable. No one, they, they say in the league, the more you can do, it helps your opportunity. So now you're mad because they... So it wants to it wants to buffer there, Bogman. There <laughs> position in here, so you're gonna try to take your ball. Well, first of all, son, it ain't your damn ball to take anyway. So you just keep playing with your phone, and you keep showing us what what the stigma of you and who you were was in, uh, at UCLA. Thank you. Now you brought it to the professional level to show us you're still gonna when things don't go your way, you're gonna cry in the corner. But guess what? They're gonna ship your ass home somewhere else, and you can go cry and be their problem. Listen, yeah. this is a man's game. Be a man. And go against that man one on one. He gets ten plays. You get ten plays. Do your deal. Ain't nobody 
giving you nothing. Only thing you can get on this stage right now is a free ass whoop, and everything else you got to work hard for. <laughs> Let's say Josh Rosen was still on the roster come training camp time. Yeah. You know why he won't be on the roster? Because he ain't got enough heart to be on that roster. He got to go out there and work his ass off. He don't want to work. He wants something given to him. But he probably thinks I don't have a fair shake because they brought in a new coach, that, and Kyler Murray yep. runs his offense. So in Josh Rosen's eyes, I understand what you're saying. But I get it, but this, this is why ball is so fun to watch because you allow people to dictate what you can't do, but you get the opportunity to go out there and show them I can do it. That's what the combine says. This guy's too short. This guy's too small. This guy's too big. This guy didn't play at a big enough school. So you go out there and you know what you do? You do like Kurt Warner do. You do like Brett Favre does. How is Josh Rosen all of a sudden different than all of the other 100 years, because this is our 100 year celebration, how all the other 100 years of all these other players that work their butt off, that have scraped and scrounged to get to where they are, to get the pinnacle of success, and he's mad because a draft, they have a draft every year, buddy, a draft <laughs> is here, and they're saying that we're going to try to replace you. Everybody, they, what, are, what do we say during the season? I gotta be honest with you. I've never liked Steve Smith until right then. <laughs> he, he put Josh Rosen's ass over the fire and lit that some of a bitch. He put gasoline on that. What does Josh Rosen do? We, uh, here's what I want to know. I want to be in that room where Josh Rosen sees this and he goes, he looks around at all his friends. Right, right, and everyone's like, no, <laughs> no, like your ass is lit. Well, th- 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 there's a couple things here. Number one, uh, when I saw this, I'm like, what is Steve Smith talking about? And you know why he made all these comments? Because Josh Rosen unfollowed the Cardinals on Twitter. I mean, good. That's why, but that's why he made those comments. I don't know if that's like Josh Rosen was the first guy in and out of the building. Uh, when they got the new staff, he he came ready to work. So Are you I defending think that, Josh Rosen. What's that? Are you defending him? A little bit, yeah. Nah. Uh, well, and I think you would like that because you would like a, uh, someone defending the guy that the Cardinals just uh, traded away for stupid Andy Isabella. So, but uh, I, I don't I don't know like I don't know if he deserved all of that. Yeah, he is being a bit of a crybaby, but I think that's more of the age of. Uh, this stuff going on, like what can you do when you're mad when a team is going to trade you? Uh, you can unfollow them on Twitter. It's like the only thing you can possibly. It is, but do. it's child's play. It's child's uh, definitely play, child. So. Yeah, it's 100 percent childish. It's not. It's not a good look at all. But I don't know if he deserves all that. I think he can go to Miami and still be a good quarterback. So okay, okay, whatever. I, I Steve <laughs> Smith did his job. He did his job as a guy that's on there. That video was uh, or audio was courtesy of a. Uh, I think the NFL Network, it was NFL Network's coverage, and it was uh, all the dudes up there. And this was obviously before that trade went down, and Steve Smith lit him up. So Josh Rosen, now the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins, presumably might not win the job, though, because Ryan Fitzpatrick is in town. So He came in looking like my body shape, Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, speaking of someone who didn't think they had any competition. Bogman-shaped Ryan Fitzpatrick (laughs) still might be better than crybaby snowflake Josh Rosen. I'm just saying. I'm not saying that makes him any better. But we'll have to see. And I know know your boy, Gary Gary Davenport, wanted to do a bet of, um, what was his bet? How many, it was Pro Bowls and... um, 
Super Bowl appearances, Josh Rosen versus Kyler Murray. He wanted to take that bet, and I was like, I'll take that bet, Gary, because it'll be zero across the board for all of them. <laughs> Zeros. Zeros. Uh, I, I would take Murray before I take Rosen, I think. I guess, but it's all, I think it's hilarious, but that stuff is done. So when we come back, uh, we want to talk about Doug Baldwin. Doug Baldwin might be done in the NFL. So we'll talk about that for a minute. And then we'll talk about some of the offensive uh, skill players that were drafted in the second round. My team lit it up. I'm very excited. Two skill position players. One I'm very excited about. Running backs. Only one in the second round, but the third round was running back you. So we'll talk about the destinations. Who's good? Who's relevant for fantasy? So don't go anywhere. In this league, coming back. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. It's in this league. Buckle up, buckaroo. All night. The results of the first few rounds of this 2019 NFL draft are in. We've been talking about them. And for NFL betters and serious fantasy football players, the season starts now. Start preparing for the 2019 season, and Roto Experts has got you covered with their NFL 365 fantasy football package, including the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts crew will be live blogging with each pick um, throughout uh, Saturday. You'll even get, depending when you're listening to this, you can go back and see everything that they were talking about. Give you all the information you need on how the picks are going to affect fantasy football and the landscape of it and NFL futures. That's not all. They're going to provide dynasty season-long betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge, regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. You can save 10% at rotoexperts.com with the promo code FNTSY. That's 10% off promo code FNTSY. It's the 2019 NFL Draft tonight and the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package only at rotoexperts.com. Now, get it. I was told one time in my life, Bogman, that I would be a fool if I didn't draft Doug Baldwin super high, someone told me. We would be um, fools to not care and appreciate Doug Baldwin as potentially the 10th overall wide receiver. I said nay, sir. And now Doug Baldwin potentially says nay because at the age of 30, uh, reporting uh, by Adam Schefter, Doug Baldwin might be unable to play again due to the cumulative effect of multiple injuries per sources. They said there is a real chance that Baldwin, one of the Seahawks' best and most popular players, has played his last NFL down this was a source, uh, according to um, uh, Adam Schefter on Friday, not a uh, Spruce, which I believe uh, Adam Schefter reported. <laughs> Nelson about. Spruce. Yeah. Did you see that? He's and already did, been drafted. Did you see my tweet? I said Adam. Uh, it was a picture of Groot. It was a picture of Groot. I was like Adam Schefter per Spruces, and it was just a Groot. Nope, no appreciation for what I did. But probably four hundred thousand <laughs> people did the same tweet. So. Yeah, yeah, eh, whatever. But um, yeah. So the idea is up on ESPN too that Baldwin might have played his final down. Sometimes I read these and I think, well, they're building a story that's going to get refuted. 
but it's le- it's a legitimate concern that Doug Baldwin, if not have been playing his last down, might have played his last down in like a um, meaningful way. Yeah, and you could tell last year. I mean, look, I I don't I I didn't uh, say foolish or anything, but I have always been a big Doug Baldwin guy. He had his big year in 2015 where he caught 100 and, uh, where he caught 66 balls. Uh, or 78 balls, excuse me, for 1,069 yards and 14 scores. And then in 2016, 94 catches for 1,100 yards. And then, um, you know, 991 yards and eight scores, almost 1,000. He's always been like a pretty good wide receiver too. And last year, I kind of figured the same thing. He came up with multiple injuries. I mean, he had the knee stuff, um, you know, just a, a lot of uh, ugly injuries for him this season. And he was a shell of his former self. And now we're hearing that he might uh, have to hang him up because of his knee injury. Uh, I, I, get, I would say I'm surprised by it, but I'm not like blindsided. You know, this That's isn't something it. this isn't something where I go, uh, oh, wow, he has to retire. I, I could never imagine that. It's kind of like a well, the way he looked at the end of last year if if that's how he's going to if that's the top level he's going to be able to play at then it's probably it for him couple that with the fact that the Seahawks draft DK Metcalf mm-hmm. uh, late in the second round i think this is making more and more sense it so. was kind of the same effect of like when the chiefs traded up we're like well we all know what they're doing they did not take any of the guys that i think any human being expected them to take <laughs> but they took a wide out so same thing and they with took the, the small really super fast wide out in this draft too yeah, so hopefully made sense. i i had a i had a, I'll, I'll just i'll tell it here just amongst us girls here but when the chiefs <laughs> traded up i had a i had a tweet i wanted to put out but i didn't and it was going to be like um, Chiefs furiously looking through police records to find who they're trading up to draft. And that was going to be my that was going to be my tweet, but I didn't do it. Um, but we also knew what the Seahawks were going to do. And uh, this was up on Roto World. Speaking Friday evening, Pete Carroll demur- demurred demurred. Is that how you said demurred? What? I don't know. That's what they what do, you do. They're using fancy words. Demi Mord demurred demurred when asked about Doug Baldwin's NFL future. Uh, Carroll did not refute Adam Schefter's report, declining to share the nature of Baldwin's issues and saying it is a, quote, process to work through them. When asked if Baldwin had played his final NFL game, Carroll did not answer, considering how talkative Carroll normally is. This is their um, editorial. It's a worrisome sign. And then they talk about how uh, DK Metcalf was drafted. And did you did you watch the video um, of DK Metcalf getting drafted? Yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna play it real quick. Let me see if I can pull it up here. Uh, let's get lots of crying. I mean, lots of crying. Might well up hearing this. You'll either wear well up or roll your eyes. You're gonna do one of them. So it was um, who was it? Is it John Schneider? No, it was it was Pete Carroll called him. No, no, it was Schneider. I think it was Schneider first who who started oh, the it? call. I only saw the Carroll part. So yeah, why is this not? Let's hold on. Let's get this connected here. Come on, internet, work. Why does nothing want to work? Why do you not want to work, Internet? What's Just got to get problem? the device connected to the board. We're trying to hear a grown man cry here, okay? Come on, Jeez. Internet. All right. So this is, I think, it's John Schneider, and then it goes to Pete Carroll. Hello? DK. Yes, sir. Hey, it's John Schneider with, with the Seattle Seahawks. Hey, how you doing? How you doing, bud? Sounds so mad. Why does Internet need to keep doing that? 
So hold on. <laughs> he does sound so mad. You can hear him. You doing all right? Hey, man, get fired up. We're going to make you a Seahawk right here, okay? Yeah, all right, bud. All right, man, congratulations. You got you got to help me out in the weight room, though. I'm a little, little slow in that area, okay? Oh, boy. Yeah. All right, look forward to this, brother, okay? Here's Coach Carroll. Thank you. DK. Here's your boss. <laughs> hey, DK, this is Coach Pete Carroll. How you doing? I'm doing really good. <laughs> okay, we'll both cry together then, all right? <laughs> Why y'all wait this long, man? <laughs> I, know, I know you had to wait a little bit, but that doesn't matter because you're coming to Seattle, man. You're going to play, play with the Seahawks, and you're going to catch fo- footballs from Russell Wilson. So get your ass ready to go, big fella. We are fired up for it, and uh, the staff is excited. Listen to these guys. Here's your staff. How about that? Thank you. Thank you. TK, this is awesome, man. We're so excited about this. I can't even tell you. Yeah, I don't even make fun. It's like it's great. I I love that stuff. You know what? Well, we knew he was a crier. Like he at the combine when he ran that, you know, four three. He he was crying afterwards. He's on the phone, I think, with one of his parents, because he knew what it did to his draft stock. It vaulted it. So if he had run a four five or a four six, I don't know. I think people will be talking about him possibly switching to tight end, yeah, and uh, playing a different position. And he probably would have gone day three. I got to tell so. you, and, and I, I want to make this clear because the my mock laugh there is about the or about the cry. The mock cry is about how he's crying. I appreciate. I would tell you what that video. Would have, I think, gone a completely different way to people if he were like, hello, oh, thank you, coach. And he just, like, had no emotion oh, yeah, whatsoever. like a dick. Yeah, right. he'd be yeah, like, oh, he's they, pissed. They, they, wouldn't have, they wouldn't have played it on NFL Network. Yeah. It just all it is is DK Metcalf's an ugly crier. That's all. He's an ugly crier. <laughs> That's all that it is. But good for him. I, I got to tell you, I wanted DK Metcalf to go to the 49ers badly. Was I was th- hoping he was going to fall to Pittsburgh. So. Pissed me off. Pissed me off that the Niners didn't make a move to get up and get him. They ended up getting Jalen Hurd. But um, that's a guy right there. You know, they say it right there. Big-bodied wide receiver that uh, is going to be catching balls from um, Russell Wilson. From Russell Wilson, And they said it. And I'm going to go look just real quick, and then I want to get into these guys here because. By the way, did you see the picture of uh... – of uh, Russell Wilson with the dreads. That uh, well, what's his wife's name? Ciara. I saw her uh, doing the dread thing to his head. I didn't see what <laughs> so the final look. There's was. a picture of him with them. By the way, he has since gotten rid of him. I think too many people made fun of him, but uh, it was it was a picture of him, and it was almost like the Steve Buscemi skateboard thing. It was like, <laughs> "Hello, fellow criminals. How much for one drug, please?" <laughs> That's funny. So. Already on the depth chart, and I don't think it's any lie when you look at this. They have Tyler Lockett as your number one. TK Metcalf is already at number two. The next best option is David Moore, who's kind of a dude with them. Yeah. And I think prob- DK Metcalf early on is going to be more of a three in this type of offense, but they're probably going to use him in you know more of a, a, a goal line type of a role, like an old school Devin Funches type of a thing. But I think it really shows, I, I don't think, I mean, you could take it, that like oh they took DK Metcalf obviously because of um because of, of Doug Baldwin at the same time though like they were taking a value like DK Metcalf well they were many. talking about getting him as you know the number three option uh, even without this Doug Baldwin rumor so uh, the the pick made sense either way it made even more sense 
with Doug Baldwin's career possibly coming to an end. But uh, I mean, this is a guy I think that I don't think there's going to be a gray area with DK Metcalf. Maybe year one and year two, just because he's so young that there could be a gray area. But after that, it's going to be he's either a boom or a bust. I don't think there's going to be middling for him at all. I think he's either going to be a stud in this league or he is going to flame out really quick because of injuries and um, stuff like that. So I I don't think there's going to be much in between, but it's always nice to start out with a hall of fame quarterback throwing you the football. It's not a bad, it's not a bad thing. Now looking at the rest of this round, uh, my team, actually the 49ers who had the 36 pick fourth in the second round, they started the draft off with the first uh, skill position player because it went cornerback, Offensive tackle, I think cornerback, and then the 49ers took a wide receiver. I was expecting, here's what I was expecting. I was actually hopeful for DK Metcalf there, expecting A.J. Brown, and got sidetracked a little bit because I didn't I didn't think he, this guy was going to go this early into the second round, and I really am a big fan, and it's one of Bogman's favorites. Debo Samuel went to the San Francisco 49ers, and that was there literally couldn't have been a better consolation prize for me because some of the wide receivers that went a little bit later, like McCole Hard- Hardman, who went to the Chiefs, oh, you know, um, I know that some <laughs> like Whiteside and Paris Campbell and stuff like that. But like, if I wasn't getting AJ Brown or, or Metcalf, <laughs> I wanted Debo Samuel, and Debo Samuel was the third overall wide receiver taken in the draft, one of the best route runners in the draft, and it's a pretty. Damn interesting spot because George Kittle kind of plays the um, the slot, but they can put Debo, you know, maybe if they want to go with like a three wide receiver set with a tight end split out, you put Debo and Kittle in the middle on both slots, it's going to be devastating for teams. And then they got Pettis and Goodwin to kind of have separation. Bogman, I said this to somebody who was talking about what, I've had multiple people excited about what the 49ers offense looks like right now. Nothing Nothing incredible, like one major playmaker outside of Kittle, but what you have is you've got a team that's like, um, you've got Coleman, you've got McKinnon, you've got Kittle, you've now got Pettis, you've got uh, Debo Samuel and Marquise Goodwin, that I, I almost compared it to like a low-key Patriots-esque type of an offense where you get you know a bunch of uh, playmaking guys that maybe don't, one doesn't necessarily stand out, but it puts Jimmy Garoppolo well, in the best possible guy. position. Yeah, your big guy is Kittle, right? I mean, that's yeah. that's your big George Gronk Kittle. Yeah, exactly. So uh, this makes this pick I love. You, you know, I, I was hyping up Debo Samuel last year on the College Fantasy Football Podcast because he's just a really, really good player. I think he's he got, your number three coming into this draft, right? Yep. He got doubled and triple teamed in college because um, – they didn't have much else as far as weapons go at South Carolina. Now, Brian Edwards is going to be a good guy to watch uh, next season, too. But um, 882 yards, 11 touchdowns on 62 catches, and he did his best work against that Clemson defense. So, And this is all with terrible quarterback play. He did not have good quarterback play at all at South Carolina. So um, I, I'm excited to watch him with Jimmy Garoppolo you know, I think that he could be one of the higher dynasty wide receiver picks in this draft. There are a couple other ones. I mean, the wide receivers fit much better than the running backs did. That's let's for stay sure. with the wideouts. I mean, let's stay with the wideouts. When you look okay. at Debo, I, I'm curious if dynasty and redraft. Let, let's talk redraft for a second because I agree with you. Like, I think you look at a lot of these guys and you see kind of the 
the dynasty long-term perspective. I mean, even a guy like with the Cardinals, I, I saw some people that got all jazzed up about Andy Isabella, who went 62. That was what the Cardinals traded for Josh Rosen. Andy Isabella and um, and Kyler Murray playing together. There's that excitement. There were a couple guys taken later, like the Ravens took Miles Boykin and stuff. But when you look at like a this year perspective, here are a couple of the guys. I think we've already put Harry at one. Um, uh, Marquise Brown, a little bit of a question. But you got Debo Samuel with the Niners. A.J. Brown went 51 to the Tennessee Titans. You got McCole Hardman going to the Chiefs at 56. You got J.J. Arcega-Whiteside going uh, 57 to the Eagles. Uh, 59 went Paris Campbell. And then you had Andy Isabella at 62 to the Cardinals and D.K. Metcalf at 64. So we'll stop there because that was through the second round. You look at all of those guys and what what is like the top four as far as redraft wide receivers for this coming year? Like, how do you kind of balance this out? Because some are in better positions than others. And I, I saw some like our guy, Heath Cummings um, from mm-hmm. CBS. I mean, I, I don't want to say he was homer and out, but he put McCole Hardman at like like 40 overall in redraft wide receivers because he's a Chiefs fan, I think. And uh, he he put him over a lot of these guys just because of um, Patrick so Mahomes. He's a, so he's a borderline wide receiver three four in a twelve man right there. So uh, yeah, that's probably too high. So know. so what do you think? What are your top <clears throat> four uh, wideouts in redraft based on this draft? Because um, Nikhil Harry's one. Yeah, Nikhil Harry's one. I would probably say that just skill level, you probably put you probably put Brown too. Even so, though he's with the Titans, he, he, well, no, 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 not not AJ Brown, Marquise Brown. Oh, too. okay, yeah, yeah. Sorry, there's lots so, of so. What can uh, Brown do for you? Yeah, well, that that really it's the depth chart for Baltimore because Baltimore has, you know, basically no one at uh, whiteout anymore. So Crabtree's gone. They just lost so much. Yeah, I'm pulling and, it up here. It, they <clears throat> they have uh, Chris Moore at one, Marquise <laughs> Brown at two, Willie Sneed at three. And then they've also then they drafted Miles Boykin. I mean, in theory, Brown and Boykin could be the one and two break camp. Uh, yeah, by the end of the year, I think definitely. I, I'm those, saying those break guys. camp. I don't think season. Boykin's not good enough to do that yet. Boykin's super, super twitched up. I was afraid that the Steelers are going to draft him because he's a project. Like, he's a really, really super good athlete, but he doesn't have the brain to start in the NFL yet. Okay, so, so what's the other two? We're going to go to break camp. <clears throat> um, I, probably, I would say... AJ Brown, even though he's on the Titans, and oh man, I, Paris Campbell, I would say next. Paris Campbell and Debo are tough. It's yeah. a point flip between those guys. I, I mean, I'd even make an argument here. I might put Paris Campbell at three, maybe even two. I mean, I think some things need to play out. I think it's mm-hmm. tough. I, I think the biggest takeaway is after Nikhil Harry, there's question marks because there's talent. AJ Brown, yeah. but it's a not great situation. Debo Samuel, but a lot of weapons. But Paris Campbell's a guy uh, that's put in a spot where it might be great opportunity. So don't go anywhere. We're going to do one more segment when we come back on the NFL Draft, and we'll talk some baseball. We'll be right back. 